Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. You can watch us as always simulcast on Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706 706-0111. Open phone lines in the first hour. We'll be talking to the guru in hour number two about fantasy football. Have, you know, more specific, not so much overall, but more specific to this weekend's um, opening week schedule. On this, I'm trying, I'm trying edition of footnotes on a Thursday. Look, I, I'm, I, I, I certainly, believe me, I appreciate the Astros somehow winning last night's game and winning another series. And I understand that they're in a stretch right now where they're playing teams they're supposed to beat. And look, they won the series against the little MVPs. They won the series against the Rangers. They are now finished with the Rangers for the season. I don't know exactly the overall record, but they won like 10 or 11 of the game. So they, they at least, because they were, they went, Seven and no, I think they won ten or eleven of the games. Yeah, so they went seven and three at home, and they won their fair share in, in Arlington too. So they won the silver boot or whatever it's called. But man, it's just it's just like pulling teeth. They just and what in the world were the Rangers doing last night? Look, I, I'm as I'm as much into the intentional walk as anybody. But has this this cat Beasley, has he paid attention to the Astros over the last month? El Pedro Grande hadn't got a hit in a long time that mattered. He hadn't got a hit in a long time that mattered. Now, he's gotten some hits here and there, but he ain't gotten a hit in a long time that mattered. So last night, he intentionally walks him in the 10th inning to get to Bregman to load the bases. Well, Several things about that I don't like. One of them is your pitcher is obviously vulnerable to the wild pitch. You bring the wild pitch into it, which is what won the game. But even more than that, Bregman's got the best eye on the Astros team. He walks more than anybody. So why would you walk the bases loaded for Bregman in a situation where you bring the walk RBI, game-winning RBI into, into, into play? And Bregman's got a better chance of getting a hit right now than El Pedro Grande. All he does is hit ground balls. Apparently, as much as I love El Pedro Grande, he obviously didn't get the... I hate ground balls. I hate them. That's... And I, and, and I love El Pedro Grande, but he's getting on my nerves. I mean, everything. Ground ball, ground ball, ground ball, ground ball. That's all he could... I mean, I don't know if he's going to come out of this. And it's, you know, we, we are now officially begun the second week of September today. And all he does is ground ball, ground ball, ground ball, ground ball. Oh, man. 
The Astros begin their final series with the little MVPs tonight. Tomorrow night, I should say. Astros are off tonight. Another day off. So they've gotten plenty of days off. They should be as rested as possible. Man, that was an ugly baseball game last night. But they got the victory. You take your wins. I get it. I'm not so much worried about style points right now. Again, my mind is in October, so I keep thinking, can this team hit? Like, they just can't hit. It's unbelievable how bad they are at hitting. And I just, you hope that this team is starting to remind me, and and I hope it's not the case. This team is starting to remind me of the Braves of the 90s. That that's what they're like. They they're pitching most years is 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 good, really good, and so over 162. That's great, but they just don't have the hitting to win a lot of World Series. And they they're gonna get to them, and they're gonna win a lot of games. They just oh man, they they somebody has got to start swinging the bat. I mean, it's just like why? Why? I mean, I, I'm just convinced they don't watch film. Like, you know, these cats are throwing it low and away out the zone, low and away out the zone. Why swing? I just—they just killing me. But anyway, I'm trying. So I'm trying with the Astros. I'm trying to believe there's enough offense somewhere in there. I'm trying to believe El Pedro Grande's not going to hit a ground ball every at bat for the when he that he doesn't strike out for the rest of the season because that's what it looks like for the rest of the season. He's either going to strike out or ground ball, strike out or ground ball. That's all he does. Oh, there's time. I get. I what I'm saying. I'm trying. I keep telling myself there's time. They're going to hit eventually. It's September, cat. When is it going to happen? I'm trying, and I'm trying with the Saints. I feel better today than I did yesterday. I feel better. I kind of, you know, a little, one more day kind of out of that funk I was in from last week's punches in the gut. But, you know, it hit me this morning. And we'll talk way more about the Saints-Falcons game tomorrow. But it hit me this morning that the Falcons, you know, they lost a lot. Their roster is not what it was two years ago or three years ago. Offensively, I'm talking about. Uh, They don't have as many weapons on the field as they did in recent years offensively. Um but the one thing they're going to have is a running quarterback. So it kind of hit me today that who would be very valuable against a running quarterback? Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. So it hit me today that in the very first game that the Saints are going to play, they're going to miss Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. His skill set, the best thing he does is come up and tackle people. And so I'm not saying they're not going to better get it done. I'm just saying 
the thing that his skill set is going to be missed in the very first game. Now, I don't I don't think it's going to be missed as much when they play the Yucks. I think I think the Saints again, time will tell, but on paper, I think they're going to match up better against the Yucks without him. But against Marcus Mariota, who probably just as soon run as throw the ball, um, I, I think they're going to miss him. I, I think right off the bat, it's going to be one of the matchups that they're going to miss Chauncey Garner-Johnson the most in the very first game against the Falcons. Hopefully the offense can uh, do enough to where it doesn't matter. But uh, again, we'll be talking more. And if you look, if you want to talk about it now, don't don't fight the feeling. But um, we'll be talking more about the matchup with the Saints and the Falcons tomorrow. Um, but uh, you know, and, and look, that doesn't mean that Roby can't tackle. He's not a little guy; he can tackle, but he's just he's not the physical tackle. Now, now, Alante Taylor, I believe, can and will be. I don't know what role he's going to play, though. I, I just, you know, he he he's he played a little bit in preseason, but it's hard to know when all the starters are on the field what role he's going to play. And plus, he was hurt for some of the preseason, and it's so hard to know what's going to be. And again, we just haven't seen anything. Now, now the, the coaches have seen it in practice, but I just haven't seen enough to know how it's going to play out with Matthew and May and Roby and Taylor and PJ. So, you know, there's there's enough talented athletes out there at Evans, for that matter. There's still plenty of talent and depth in these positions, but it's just um, we'll, we'll see how I play. I mean, I, I think I'll feel much better after I see a game if it goes well. Just please, just please, officials, stay out of the game. I mean, it's just, can we just, you know, and speaking of the officials, I hope it's a good sign. But if you remember, I had a meltdown about a month ago when it came out that the NFL told the officials that they're going to inc- they're going to have an extra emphasis on the illegal contact foul. They really think it's a good thing for it to be third and 32 and you can barely touch someone and that offense gets automatic first down. They they, they think that is justice. The, the NFL loves that. They love when it's third and 32 and the defensive guy kind of touches the, the, the wide receiver and that the offense deserves an automatic first down for that. They, they love that play. They, they think that's good. Um and I haven't heard much discussion. A lot of times when we have these rule changes, they go crazy with it in, in, in preseason games, and then it becomes this major topic of discussion, and I haven't heard any of that. So I hope that's a good sign. Because you remember, and I don't have those numbers right in front of me. I'd have to go back and look them up. But I, I remember that the it's the third time they've done it in the last two decades where they emphasize this little cheesy five – I touch you, so therefore you get five yards on an automatic first down. 
Uh, and the last two times, I mean, I don't, I don't remember the numbers, but they were something like it just from the year before they went up like 50, 60, 70 penalties. Like it just, it went from hard, you know, called a little bit to called a lot in both of the last two times that they did this. So I'm hoping that's not the case. There was a game. I want to say it was two years ago where the officials just took over the game and handed the win to the Falcons. They just, everything the Saints did was a penalty. I mean, just third down, the ball was constantly hitting the ground, and they were constantly giving them penalties. First downs by flag. Over and over and over again. Like, I can't take one of those anymore. If the, if the Falcons win, just make sure they earn it. Can, I need the officials to stay out of this game. Please stay out of this game. But um, not one of these cheesy, oh, we're going to take over the game and give you seven, eight first downs that you didn't earn by penalty. That better not happen. But I, I'm hoping it's a good sign that we ha- I haven't heard much belly aching about it. So they must not be calling it a great deal or for whatever reason, the players made the adjustment to this when they hardly ever make the ad- proper adjustment to these new rules that are new points of emphasis that come in. So that's something that we'll just kind of keep an eye on early in the season because I'd kind of forgotten about it because I haven't heard much of anything about it. So hopefully once the regular season starts, it it stays in the background. I I don't like when rules become the major topic of discussion because that just – it's hard enough to officiate, much less having all these stupid new rules to try to officiate as well. All right. We'll take a timeout again. Open phone line for the entire first hour. 706-0111. We'll take a timeout and come back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Do you ever wonder what kind of coach foot would have been? When they hit it to you and you're in the major leagues, you catch the ball. That's the way that works. Yeah, he may be better suited for talking sports than coaching them. Back to footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111-706-0111. Time is running out. If you would like to be eligible for the Astros weekend giveaway five, Astros will be playing the Rays on Saturday, October the 1st. Chances are the positions might be locked in, but who knows? A lot of games to be played between now and then. But Astros race Saturday, October the 1st. It's the last Astro weekend getaway. If you are part of the Game Rewards Club, you're eligible to win this great prize, which could include four tickets to the Astros race game, tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations for that Saturday evening. Astro weekend getaways powered by... Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston, downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Also want to remind you, NFL opens tonight. Bills, 
Rams. You can hear that game right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Also want to remind you that this afternoon on Crunch Time, they will be giving away tickets to Saturday's game at Cajun Field between Eastern Michigan and the Cajuns. So look for if you would like to win tickets to the UL game on on Saturday evening about 6 o'clock. And, again, it didn't rain last week. I told everyone they all – everyone I saw, look, I know it's raining right now. It's not going to rain during the game. And it didn't. So, hopefully the weather will cooperate again and we'll see what the Cajuns can do. But if you would like to win tickets to the Cajun game, uh, listen to Crunch Time. It's something you'll have to do on the air. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. Let's go to the game hotline right now. Talk to James. Hello. How you doing, Kevin? Pretty good, sir. I, I wanted to tell you, I want to preface by saying this, this – uh call is not necessarily sports related i just wanted to just encourage you this morning to let you know to keep your head your head up you know i've been listening to you for the better part of what 20 plus years Uh uh-huh so many times when i'm listening i'm like man i think me and this cat share the same brain (laughs) so i just wanted to encourage you to keep your head up this burden that we've been uh that we've been given about just being right so often i understand how how much of a burden that can be and i just want to encourage you to keep it up man It's, it's tough Stop being right. People don't yeah. understand that. Yes, you're right. You know what I mean? Especially when you don't, don't want to be, but you're correct. Yes. Yeah, you know, even when you know it's going to hurt them, that you just, you know, so just keep your head up, Kevin. I'm trying, sir. That's why I said it's an I'm trying edition, thir- Thursday edition of footnotes. Yeah. All right, man. Appreciate, care, brother. I appreciate the call. Thank you. That's funny. But, no, that's an old loyal listener. Great hearing his voice again. All right. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, You know, I get weird thoughts sometimes. I'm sure we all do. And I was sitting there listening to that commercial, which I've heard, I don't know, probably 20 times in the last couple of weeks about uh, that whatever musical outfit that's going to be at the Hyman Center later this month. Um, and, I, and I wonder, like, I was thinking for a program like Acadiana, that would be, it'd be a pretty appropriate song. Born to Run by the boss, Bruce Springsteen. Like, years and years ago, Acadiana used to play Bad to the Bone, and then they did the Phil Collins thing for a while. Uh, I don't know. Born to Run might be might be um, might might fit for them. Speaking of Acadiana, they're going to be playing tomorrow night at home against Sulphur, and you can uh, hear that game on uh, Me TV FM ninety seven seven FM and thirteen thirty AM, or on your free mobile app. And um, tonight, there are going to be two high school games that you can hear right here on our family station, Southside against Cecilia, Mustang 107-1, and the St. Landry Parish Game of the Week, Port Barry and Beauchene on News Talk 98.5. Pre-games for those games are at 645, and the kickoffs are at 7. Um, 
We'll be talking more high school football. Also, uh, St. Thomas More, obviously, you can hear uh, right here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette. And the Karen Crow Golden Bears will be on the road again. Man, they have a lot of road games to start the season, but they had a great victory at Alexandria this week. They're going west to Barb, and you can hear that game right here on Z1059, or actually you could hear the Barb version of it on uh, the game, 1041 Lake Charles. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Hey, listen, I just wanted you, uh, to make you laugh. Uh, a while back you were saying you hope this, the Saints would not draft Bobby Scott. Yes. And, of course, as a Steeler fan that I am, of course I love the Saints as well, who do we draft in the draft? <laughs> Bobby Scott. <laughs> and I, He's doing so look, pretty I good. Told, I told my buddy at work about the Bobby Scott and the music he was playing. Ricky, don't lose that number. <laughs> so I get back to my office one day after going to lunch. And I have an old black and white autographed copy of Bobby Scott folded <laughs> up on my desk after we drafted the draft. <laughs> that is awesome. I, I don't know. I, I just every time I hear someone say Bobby Scott or I say Bobby Scott, it just makes me laugh. I don't know because I don't know. I mean, Bobby Scott was a pretty good backup quarterback, but uh, I don't know. He just makes me laugh. That's funny. But no, I've heard some well, good things about Bobby Scott. He's done. He's done. He's done pretty well so far in camp. It seemed like. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping you know at some point he gets a starting job. I I, I don't know if Trubisky is the answer. You know, he got a little experience. He was he was kind of uh you know he kind of pulled the reins on him a little bit in Chicago that uh, with that terrible offense. You know, there's a lot of a lot of uh, you know details coming out about that that Trubisky confirmed that you know they pretty much kind of pulled him back a little bit. But uh, you know, regardless, I'm a pull for the Saints and the Steelers, and I uh, just want to give you a little chuckle this morning about that autographed Bobby Scott picture that I still have in my office. <laughs> I needed that. That's awesome. Thank you very much, sir. How <laughs> going, bro? Take care, right, Bobby bro. Scott. Maybe I maybe that's what I need to do. Just have a big picture of Bobby Scott in my car. So every morning when I get to drive into work, I, I just see Bobby Scott gives me a good laugh. Bobby Scott. For those of you, again, who don't know who Bobby Scott is, because not everybody's as old as I am, he was the Saints' backup quarterback um, behind Archie for years in, in the 70s. He went to Tennessee. I'm not positive, but I I think they were drafted in the same draft. You know, and Ar- the Saints took Archie out of Ole Miss and in with the number two overall pick in 71 and I, I'd have to go back and look it up but I'm pretty sure Bobby Scott was drafted I don't know in like the 12th round or something One back then they had a million rounds um but I think Bobby Scott was drafted probably somewhere around the 10th 12th 13th round somewhere in there that that same year short guy you know he could throw it a little bit played at Tennessee but just something about Bobby Scott is funny to me but anyway Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. Talking a little bit about high school football, I mentioned it earlier, the games that you can hear tonight and tomorrow <coughs> on our family of stations. And not – I wouldn't say there's a blockbuster game. like last, it, it didn't turn out to be the greatest of games, but going in, the Acadiana-LCA game was kind of a blockbuster game. If you are into recruiting, 
uh, LCA might be the place to go again. Uh, Lafayette Christian is playing against Woodlawn of Baton Rouge, and Woodlawn of Baton Rouge has a quarterback that is a commitment to LSU. They have a running back that's a commitment to the Cajuns and Haynes and Collins. So, well, vice versa. But um, so that could be, I mean, I don't know how well they'll do against LCA's defense, which is obviously very, very, very good. But but it's a um, should be uh, that, that that's a pretty good matchup. Acadiana, I can't believe Acadiana's had much fun at work, at practice, I should say, which is work. Um, this week, after losing that game at LCA, and they will host Sulphur. Karen Crow, as I mentioned, is at Barb. Got a chance to get off to a, a really good start. Notre Dame at St. Martinville. Seems like that would be a really nice matchup. Um, and tonight, again, I think that's the City at Southside game that's going to be played tonight at St. Martinville. It should be a really nice matchup. I, I think on paper, those are two of the best matchups. Uh, I like Erath at Norfolk. You know, Erath lost a close game last week to Lauraville. And Norfolk won a really close game, 13-12 to over Kaplan. And Norfolk is hosting Erath, which is, you know, I think it's pretty close to a toss-up game. So, you know... If you're Erath, I think you got a pretty good club. But if you lose another close when you're 0-2, on the other hand, if you're Norfamillion, this is a big game to me for Norfamillion. You know, they, they moved into that power district. So you don't like your chances of winning all your games or most of your games in that power district, but those power teams are going to bring with you a lot of power points. So if Norfamillion can get off to a good start, you know, 4-0, 4-1, 5-0, something like that, before they get to their district, then, you know, they'll, they'll give themselves a decent chance to, to, to make the playoffs. So um, I think that's a good ma- a good close matchup with some potentially, you know, these, you say, well, it's only week two. Well, if you're not for me, and these games are important. Like, if you're not for me, and you, want, you need to win this game, and hope Erath wins a bunch of games from here on out, um, you know, and, and, and could put yourself in position for postseason play. So those are the matchups that seem like they're going to be the best games. A very interesting game. Oh, another one I like is Ascension Episcopal at Vermillion Catholic. And uh, VC's got a hotshot sophomore quarterback in Jonathan Dortez. We'll see what... Um, you know, what he can do against Ascension Episcopal. But that, that's that got a chance to be a pretty good matchup as well. And then there's going another matchup that could be a little strange. And I have never seen this team play, I don't believe, of Royals. But um, they are kind of, I guess what you call new school. Some of what they do, I really believe in. And, and I don't know all the details, but they're in that, like I don't, I, they don't really believe in punting. I don't think they believe in fielding punting, which you know I I, I largely support. Um, they go for it a lot. They, you know, they they play football a little different than just about anybody you're gonna play. So it'll it'll I'm sure there's been some interesting discussions among the Turlings, coaching staff, watching film of Avoils, and it's um. It's food for thought. It's certainly uh, food for thought there. So we'll um, we'll see how that game 
plays out. And Turlings beat out Palooza's last week. We'll see what they do against the Royals. But, no, it's week two. It's still very early, obviously, in the high school football season. You know, I, I don't – you know, Alexander was really good a couple of years ago. They're going to be playing St. Thomas More, as I mentioned earlier. And Karen Crow had a really nice win against them. I, I don't know that they are as good as they were two years ago. But, you know – They'll give STM a little bit more of a struggle, but I, I still pretty confident STM will, will win that game handily. We'll see how how that plays out. But um, turnovers are obviously always the great equalizer. But but it's um, not a great, not a blockbuster game, but a but four or five really good matchups. And then again, for teams, you're just trying to get some momentum. You know, one of the things that's crazy, folks. We're already in district play in District 3. <laughs> it's week two of the season. Lafayette High is going to be at Como. Sulphur in Acadiana. Uh, Karen Crow at Barb. That's a district game. District game in week two of the season. Crazy. Sam Houston at New Iberia. So while other teams are just kind of, you know, getting their duck trying to get their ducks in a row for district play district three five a's already in district play <clears throat> that's what happens when you have that big district and that's why like i asked several of the coaches that we we talked to um they love it because you don't have to you don't have to schedule a lot of non-district games for some teams it's complicated scheduling non-district games for instance ascension episcopal played plaquemine last week I mean, I don't know that I ever thought Ascension Episcopal would play Plaquemine in a preseason, in a pre-district game, but they did. I mean, you, you schedule who you can schedule that's not too, too far away. It's It can be complicated. I get it. So when you have this big old district, um, it is, uh, it's kind of nice that you only have to schedule two non-district games. The trick part is where is your bye week going to be and are you going to better get a comparable team um, or a team that kind of fits into your scheduling process with the same bye week. So it can be a little tricky. Like Southside was probably pretty easy because they obviously had the first bye, and, you know, they scheduled someone pretty close in Cecilia. So that that that, that works out pretty well. But if your bye week's in week 8, 9, or 10, eh, most teams are in district play by then. Well, all teams are in district play by then. So you just don't know if you're going to be able to find someone with that, with that bye week. Again, High school scheduling for non-district games, very complicated. But we are in district play in District 3-5A already. We'll see how that goes. All right, we'll take a timeout. Shift gears, talk a little Cajun football. A few, few tidbits from yesterday's uh, presser with Coach Dez. We'll do that on the other side of this timeout. On the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. We love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yeah. Sounds like we were meant to be together, or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Yep. Yep. Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, 
Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros once again. The game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. If you would like to get in, discuss any stuff, we've talked a little bit about the Astros. We've talked a little bit about the Saints and the Falcons, some high school football. Want to remind you about also the ultimate tailgate giveaway. If you would like to win this incredible prize where you could score $500 to chop specialty meats, a new grill with accessories, a cooler, set of chairs, $500 Visa gift card, tickets to Cajun games, tickets to Tiger games, and more. Enter the game clubhouse, the rewards club, at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com, and you will be eligible for the ultimate tailgate giveaway. Brought to you by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and The Game. All right, I said I wanted to talk something about the cage, a little bit more about the Cajuns. Cajuns are playing Eastern Michigan at 6 o'clock on Saturday. It is the third all-time meeting between those two programs they actually played back when Lamar Morgan and Michael Desarmo were 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 playing for the Cajuns in 05 and 06 and um the Cajuns went up to Eastern Michigan got their faces crushed 31 to 10 then the next year the Eagles came down to Cajun Field and got their faces crushed I believe it was 33 to 14 so it's kind of the rubber game in the, in this series many, many years later, 16, 17 years later. We'll see what happens. You know, Eastern Michigan has been pretty good. They're not like an elite mid-major team, but they're a team that, you know, they've had their – they're like seven and six kind of team. You know, they, they, they've they – they've, um, you know, they're right around 500, a hair above it or a hair below it. They've gone to a few bowl games and won. So, you know, they've they've been pretty good. And they have – the one thing they have, it seems like, is a veteran team. So they're big, physical. And that's – I got to tell you, that's a little bit of a concern for me in this matchup because there is no Talon Humphrey anymore. And so the, the the Cajuns, I'm a little worried, are going to have some issues this season with big physical offensive lines. That's why I don't know how much they match up with South Alabama. Got to tell you, they're going to have to play really well on offense in that game. Um, I don't know that they match up with South Alabama very well at all. And South Alabama's competed with them physically two of the last three years. So that, that could be a problem. But anyway... Uh, the one of the things I wanted to, a couple of things I want to mention from yesterday's or last last night's presser. One of them is that Tramus is going to be out again. And I asked Coach Des the question: If this was playing for the conference championship game, would he be playing? And he said yes. But again, it's week two. This is one of those lingering injuries, so they want to make double sure that it doesn't keep a rock, you know, coming up. And so they want to make sure he's totally healthy. And so hope the, the thought process is if they do that, then when he does get play his first game, that he'll be ready to play for the rest of the year. I mean, you know, you know, 
It's all nobody knows what injuries are going to happen in the future, but you, that's the plan anyway. And so we'll see how that plays out. I also asked him about the kicking situation, and he said he's a coach. Although I got to tell you, I think Coach Des is going to be pretty honest with most of the stuff that he says. A little more honest than most coaches, but he's still a coach. He's got his agenda and he's got his things he's got to take care of from egos to, you know, all that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, Preston Stafford missed a 43-yard field goal last week. I made a bigger deal about it maybe than some did because, man, I just I just really like making field goals. And I like the ability to make field goals. Uh, and the Cajuns have not been good at field goal kicking for the most part in the last decade. Not, not just last year. I mean, they've only had um, – one year in the last, like, 10 or 11, I think it was when I looked it up, where they've missed fewer than five kicks. I mean, they they just haven't they, – they, it's been an issue. Well, anyway, Coach Dez said that – I asked him if, they, if he was going to treat the kickers kind of like the quarterbacks and that both might play. And he said he doesn't think they're there yet. And he said the fact that he went for it, and passed on a field goal in the fourth quarter this past Saturday was because they were up 10 and they would have two touchdowns would have still beat him because the field goal would have just put him up by 13. And he was trying to kind of put the game away since they had good field position. So I get that. Um, I get that from a, from a score management standpoint. But um, and so we'll see. Hopefully. They cannot miss any kicks um, because you, you just don't want – you, you want to have confidence. I'm not saying you got to have confidence he's going to make them from 50-something yards, but inside of 50, you got to have confidence that he's going to do that. And so hopefully um, that will continue. Um, everything else, I got to tell you, on the depth chart looked the same. The only thing, The only difference that I noticed was that L. Rogers was listed at Z, and Peter LeBlanc, who did not have a target last week, was moved to the H spot. You know, Jacob Bernard got dinged. Uh, and Coach Des said he's going to play, but he's not 100%. And then, so I think they just wanted to get a, a little more depth in that H or inside position. Dalen Cambry had a couple catches, and one of them was a really big catch last week. Uh, former St. Thomas Moore walk on. So, you have that. You have Jacob, who's going to play apparently, but not 100%. So Peter kind of adds to that, and it lists Errol Rogers as the starter. Now, again, you know, Caleb Carter from Cecilia, the Cajuns came close to one turnover. Uh, it was a play where Jacob Bernard caught a pass. I don't know. He got 15, 16, 17 yards, something like that, for a first down, and and he got hit on both kind of blindsided, hit on both sides, high, low kind of a tackle. And he he fumbled the ball, and Caleb Carter recovered it. Now, again, Caleb Carter is listed as third, but it shows you the depth that we've been talking about. He's listed as third at the Z position here, and he was last week, but he was in the game on the second drive of the game, you know, very early in the game. He was in the game. So he's 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 obviously got a – 
uh, a playing role, and Dante Fleming does as well, and Aaron Rodgers does, and John Stevens does, and Michael Jefferson does. I mean, again, they've got a lot of receivers at their disposal, and it's going to be something we're going to talk about because I, I, I just kind of believe differently than some coaches do about the whole depth thing at wide receivers. So we'll see how that plays out. But other than that, there's I don't see any other differences here. Um, sounds like Dalvin Hutchinson, who's been dealing with injuries for a long time, is still away, a little ways away. And as well as Landon Burton, probably a little closer than Dalvin, it sounds like, from coming back. And and Trey, you know, it could be any week now. So that's kind of the injury update and the depth chart update for the Cajuns going into week two against Eastern Michigan on Saturday. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Glorious morning, Foot. Oh, I bet I bet it is for you. You know, I mentioned yesterday, big doubleheader day for both the New York teams, the Mets and the Yankees, and they both got sweeps. Now, I did, hey, have you bought your have you bought your Christmas card for Carlos Correa yet? Because he bailed you no, out big time yesterday. Not yet. I mean, World Series is what matters. He he bailed He'll you out it. big time. Yeah, he sure did. He yeah. sure did. Judge hit number fifty five. I mean, man, they played. You know, I keep saying, relax, trust the process. It's a process. Mm-hmm. I know what we're doing. It's strategy. That's what we're doing. We're making sure everybody be right when the playoffs hit. And when we're going to come out there, I'm telling you, we're going to be swinging that ball. You saw Gary Cole. I mean, strike out, strike out, strike Man, he was killing it. See, the man reminds me of a Jay Cutler. He played when he's on a play. But he always show up in the big time. Big time Cole. That's what I'm going to start calling him, his nickname. <laughs> boy, what I tell you, boy. Got to trust the process, but. Now, Foot, now, I want you to know, you know, you got me week one. You play the GOAT of fantasy week one. You need to worry. Well, I, I'm so worried about so many things. My mind hadn't really got to fantasy yet, but uh, but that is yeah. true. You're right. You're right. Well, well, well I, I sure hope you don't be – I hope you – you know what, matter of fact, keep your mind on something. Don't worry about fantasy. <laughs> worry about fantasy after you play. How about that? <laughs> you know, Foot. We need to help Miss Hannah out because yesterday how she I heard how she eat them noodles. Uh, she, I told her she got six names now noodles. I, 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 I'm glad you brought that up. I, I keep forgetting you really do that. Like I never even thought about doing that. That never once entered my mind. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, but I know, I know. When I heard that, I'm she got six names now. But last but not least, foot. I feel bad for that caller. He said he'd been listening to you for 20 years. So that means Probably y'all longer. share the same brain. Delusional. No. That's what y'all are no. sharing together. No. Y'all not right. Y'all delusional. No. 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 20 years of brainwash. I feel bad for that man. It is a burden. He's right about that. At, at times, it is a burden. Delusional brain. Yep. 20 years. You know. I think I it's more like 30, him. but yeah. <laughs> I just wish him the best. I'll leave it as that. You have a good one. All right. Take care. (laughs) Go Yankees. (laughs) The man's fired up. All right. So, oh, no, we don't have time for this. We'll do this when we get back because we're we're late. I I just noticed it. I can't believe you do that. I never even thought about that. Never even thought about it. All right. We'll take a timeout and we'll have to reinvestigate or so this, uh, this ramen noodles weird thing that 
Canada does. We'll be back on the game. Welcome back to Footnotes. We had a little bit too much fun in that last segment, so we're going to have to have a, a short one. So I won't be able to go through my full-fledged ramen noodle speech to Hannah until we'll, we'll, we'll start the second hour with that. Remember, the guru will be on about 10.15-ish, and uh, we'll be talking the weekend and the opening weekend of the NFL from a fantasy football perspective um, with the guru. But, you know, I want to – It was. it's been talked about this week. That LSU-Southern matchup, uh, I, I – you know, if you're going to play an FCS school, why not play Southern? I mean, I, I think it's um, – now, for LSU, LSU doesn't need Southern for attendance. That would be the difference between LSU and other schools – but any other school in the state, including the Cajun, you play Southern or Gramlin, it's an attendance boom. I mean, Southern and Gramlin can teach all the other schools in the state, fan bases and schools in the state, including the Cajuns, what, what you know, supporting your team is all about because they bring people. Uh, they support their, 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 their programs um, above and beyond, so they don't need them for that. But still, I think it's nice. I'd still rather you play a Louisiana school than – some FCS school from far away. All right. That'll do it for the first hour. Another hour to follow on the game. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foot. Welcome. Back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home. For the LSU Tigers or the Houston Astros, again, simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. Again, we'll be talking with the guru so, uh, in the next segment. So if you would like to get in, now is the time to do it. But before, and I got it before the show ends today. I, I, I gave who I thought was going to finish first, second, third, fourth in all the divisions yesterday. But I didn't pick my playoff, my wild card teams or my Super Bowl pick. And I'm, I got to tell you, I'm still debating. I, I, I've decided who my wild card teams are going to be. But I, I, you know, I want everyone's picking the Bills. And I like the Bills. So I'm perfectly fine with the Bills going to the Super Bowl, and I'm good. I kind of want it to happen. But one of my theories is the red flag theory, and that is when everybody is saying the same thing, and obviously not everybody's picking the Bills, but the vast majority of people that you hear are picking the Bills in a competitive situation. Like if everyone says John Curtis is going to beat Mahmoud, that's not a red flag. If John Curtis played my mood, they would win every time. But it is not an all-American lock that the Bills are going to the Super Bowl. And so when when just about everybody you hear says something, a red flag goes up like, you know, it just normally doesn't happen. In a competitive situation, that normally does not happen. So I like the Bills. I kind of want the Bills, but I don't know if I can pick them the problem is, if I don't pick the Bills, who in the world am I going to pick? I have no idea. I just don't know. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. 
Hey, Kevin, how are you today? Pretty good, sir. Got a question for you. I heard you talking about the uh, depth chart and the shuffle at the receiver position for the Cajuns. Uh-huh. I'm not a coach, but um, I'm thinking, okay, you talked about the, the LeBlanc kid moving to where the Jacob Bernard was, and um, he and Errol Rogers are playing the same position. I'm thinking, okay, Jacob Bernard, I, I don't know X or Y, but he's inside slot guy. I'm thinking Rodgers, to me, looks like he's got the body type and the skill set to fit an inside receiver better, and Peter's got the skill set to fit an outside receiver better. I'm no coach, but wouldn't you think that would make more sense? Well, and again, no, I I hear what you're saying. Now, I think think they believe, and Coach Des said it again yesterday, I think Peter's the one guy more than anybody else that could play all three positions at the wide way. Like, he has the speed, the hands, and the body size to play all three of them. I just think he just said because Jacob's hurt, he feels like it'll give him a little more depth at that position. But, no, I I, I hear what you're saying. And, look – Again, Peter's a guy with in tomorrow in Saturday's game. It's very possible he'll play at least one play at more than one position. But but yeah, that's where he is on the depth chart. So where is he listed at that position on the depth chart? At the H, the um that yeah the inside no, slot. As far as one two three goes, he's listed as the starter in the H spot. The, the, the yeah, H spot, right? Okay, which is which so is yeah. like as you said the the the, the slot receiver. Inside. It's more like the slot receiver, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just thought, you know, slot receivers are typically your your smaller guys, but maybe they're thinking with Peter's height, there might be mismatches in there against a, a guy that typically covers a slot. You're no, and and, and and that could be. I mean, uh, Michael Thomas is a big guy. He, he plays he, he plays in the slot here and there, so it, it can work. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I just wanted to get your opinion on that. All, All right. right. Thank, thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. Uh, before we get to another call, we have before we we have to address this ramen noodle situation. Look, I'm not really a raw guy. I, I, I'm not like I don't even. I've done it before, but I I rebuke Russ all the time when he eats pop tarts right out of the pack, which makes more sense than eating ramen noodles right out of the pack. Got to put the pop tarts in the toaster, cat. How you gonna How you gonna put butter on a hot pop tart if if if, it, if it's right out the pack? So. I'm not a big uh, – um, I can't go with you on this. But have you actually tried it, though? No, I don't think I ever have. Okay, well, then you need to try it first before you say you don't like it. Salty Steve said, by looking at the pictures of it, it looks like it would be gross. But he tried it yesterday and actually put the, like, ranch seasoning packet you put for, like, roast and stuff. He put that on top of it and mixed it and said it was amazing and that I rock. Okay, this so. is the way I do ramen noodles. If I'm if I'm getting the chicken ones, which is the little orange packet, mm-hmm. you got to put corn in it. If you get the beef one, which is what color is that? I forget. Red. Is it like pink or something? Maybe. I think it's red. Red. Shrimp is- yeah, red, red, red. You're yeah. right. Shrimp. Yeah, shrimp is the pink one. If if you eat the beef one, then you got to put peas in it. So I I always have vegetables in my ramen noodles. That's how I eat them. That would be my ramen noodle take, but I I, I don't I don't know about the raw thing. Yeah, I mean I eat them as. I eat them both ways. I eat them raw. I eat them cooked. Yesterday for lunch, I actually ate them cooked. I had the shrimp one, and then I just added cheese. Actually put in there when I cooked it, I actually put the packet of ranch seasoning in there. So I put that in there as well as some chicken that I've already cooked. Now, I love stuff. noodles plain. Like, I grew up, like, eating, like, spaghetti. I just like eating the noodles plain once I finish eating the spaghetti, almost like potato chips or something. I just eat the noodles plain. Put a little salt on them and just eat them. That's awesome. 
So I'm good with eating noodles by themselves, but they got to be cooked first. See, I can't eat like the regular like ramen noodles. I can't eat them by myself without like the like the packet they give you for the seasoning. Yeah. I can't do it without that. For like spaghetti, I can't do like any of those pastas by themselves. But oh. I can eat the the um. I just the, like, eat screw. noodles. I call them the screw noodles. Yeah. But I can eat those with just butter and salt. That's what my mom always did. She always made those. She'd make butter noodles with all we called it. I love that, a little pasta. salt and a little butter. I just I, I eat when the spaghetti finishes eating, and I you know eat my three plates of spaghetti, which is normally my my normal deal. And I eat the the noodles, the leftover noodles plain. I love that. Uh, awesome. I can't, I can't do spaghetti noodles like that. Oh, though. awesome! <laughs> you need to try it. All right, that's enough rebuking of your little <laughs> weird ramen noodle thing. Well, yeah, try it first, and I can actually completely rebuke. Me. Oh, okay. All right. All right, I'll try it. I'll, I'll try to try it. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, foot. Good morning, sir. Nah, like I told Miss Five names, she's not the only one to eat the ramen noodles like she eats them. I said the best way to eat ramen noodles, you take the pack, you crunch up the noodles, you add your seasoning, and you need done. That's the best way to eat them. Nah. I got a funny little uh, story about Raymond Noodles, okay? Tell you how good of a cook I am. So years ago, I was at one of my friends' house. So I put the Raymond Noodles in the in the in the uh, the microwave. All of a sudden, he's like, "Oh, you you cooking some popcorn?" I smell. I said, "No, I'm making some Raymond Noodles." Well, I forgot to add the water. So uh, I guess that des- describes why I'm a cowboy fan <laughs> as well, you know. But uh. But uh, uh, luckily now I got me a good woman that does. I leave all the cooking for her. Yes. That way the fire department ain't got to be contacted. Now, changing subject. I think that Yankee fan that just called a few minutes ago, he's getting a little too excited about beating a team like the Twins, don't well, you think? Well, and especially since the Twins just cower down to the – they've always been – they're just scared of the Yankees. I don't know why, but they just are. I mean, the Yankees are good, now, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, why, why are they so scared of them? I've never understood that. Now you know you know who the Yankees are scared of, huh? Hmm. That that's the Houston Astros and the Boston Red Sox. Uh, now their 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 record against both teams both is, it, it, it's a proven fact. They cannot beat either team. So I mean, one team is going to be in the World Series, and I'm not talking about my Red Sox. And the other team is not even going to make the playoffs this year. So if I was Paul, I'd still be worried. Uh, like I said. His Yankees are going to get eliminated in the first round. Now, he needs to – I agree with you. He needs to be getting his Christmas card ready for uh, Correa. Aww. But he also needs to – he also needs to be getting a Christmas card ready for the Houston – for thanking the Houston Astros for giving him uh, Gary Cole, even though I don't think Gary Cole is that good of a pitcher. I think he's a tuck tail. He's the tuck tail of the, uh, the MLB. But um, – I can't wait till next month. It's right around the corner. I'm gonna see if he's uh if my if, if Paul is uh still as excited and uh at the end of next month when his Yankees are sitting at home with my Red Sox. But uh, that's all I had for today. And thanks uh, for taking all right. My call, thanks. Buddy. You know, don't yep. get me wrong. I, thank you. I, I I don't want him go there, but but really, Gary Cole should be on the punks because he is a punk. That's what he is. He's a punk, and so he he would actually fit right in with the punks. Um, but that's not where he is. He's with the Yankees. We'll 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 we'll, we'll see how how that plays out. 
Just a few more minutes if you would like to get in to discuss ramen noodles or <laughs> other stuff. But no, it's, I don't know. I, look, I get people picking the Chiefs. You know, they've been to quite a few Super Bowls in recent years. I get people picking the Chargers because on paper it looks like it could happen. But again, and of course I'm one of the fools that that bought the char- picked the Chargers to win the division, but the Chargers always seem to not get it done. Um I've I've heard not a lot, a, one or two Colts Super Bowl predictions. I'm pretty high on the Colts. Because, again, I, I think Matt Ryan is an upgrade over Phillip Rivers and the quarterback that was last year that is now the quarterback of of Raymond's little commanders. I don't know about that cat went downhill fast. But um, the Ravens are certainly a consideration to go to the Super Bowl. I don't know. I mean, they, they they just haven't had a lot of playoff success under Lamar Jackson. So can I pick them to go to the Super Bowl? So while the Bills make the most sense, no question, am I really going to be able to pull the trigger? So it be Chiefs, Chargers, Colts, Ravens would be the ones for me to consider. They all have their own individual, I don't know. I don't know if I can pick them. You know, as powerful and as much talent as in the AFC, I don't see a lot of really good Super Bowl contenders here, to be honest with you. So I don't know what to do. I, but I have to do it, you know, because the first NFL game is tonight before we get off the air. So I don't know. Maybe something Guru will say in this next segment will sway me one way or the other. We will see. With that in mind, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back on the game and talk a little NFL football opening weekend from a fantasy perspective with the Guru next on Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. NFL football begins tonight. The Buffalo Bills travel across the country to play the Rams. Says here it's going to start about 7:20, and you can hear that game right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette 1041. Lake Charles. Also want to remind you this afternoon on Crunch Time if you would like to win tickets to the Cajuns Eastern Michigan game at 6 o'clock on Saturday they will be giving away some free tickets on the air during Crunch Time so you might want to pay attention to that. Hopefully you can win. All right, we have with us the guru. How are you sir? Hey, good morning, Kevin. Doing pretty well, man. Just can't wait for week one to get underway. It's uh, finally here. I know you've been waiting for this for a long, long time. So, all right. I, I got to tell you, I looked at the schedule, and 
there are, and you probably don't look at this like I do, but there are a lot of games that I'm just like, ugh, that's an ugly, muddy matchup. I don't know if we're going to get. And then there's a, there's a couple that look like, oh, that could be good. But do you see a lot of kind of muddy matchups fantasy-wise? Yeah, yeah, they got they got a few of those. You know, I, I'll take in week one. Though, they'll be a good amount of offense. I don't think it'll be too many of those, but they are a few that don't look the most appealing. Yeah, like like the cheaters and the bears, just ugh, yeah, and Soldier Field or Baltimore and the Jets, the Jaguars and the and the Commanders. What are you? You know, the Giants and the Titans, just ugh, like yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, one. now. <laughs> So let's start with this. Who do you think hates each other more? Who do you think is more motivated to get little Ravang against the other one? Is it the Browns who are tired of all of Baker Mayfield's whining, or is it Baker Mayfield who feels slighted by the Browns? How, how do you think that's going to play out in terms of um, you know big offense? Yeah, I think as far as the game itself, you know, I think the Browns are going to take over and win that one thanks to their defense. But, you know, the offense is from a fantasy standpoint. I'd probably rather Carolina because they'll probably be trailing. And then they, they just have more weapons there with Christian McCaffrey and D.J. Moore. Or, I mean, the Browns with Nick Chubb. I mean, they know they're going to run a lot. But outside of Amari Cooper, they don't really have many receivers. So they've they're gonna Brissett's gonna struggle there to where I don't think Baker's gonna do that well either. But for fantasy, you tend to like the team that that you don't think is gonna do as good because they'll be trailing and get the the garbage time points. So thinking Carolina better for fantasy, but as far as the the real storyline, as far as who's gonna win, I would uh, I go with the Browns. I don't buy this Baker Mayfield. <laughs> would you trust Amari Cooper? to play or would you wait and see how it works out with that offense first i'd probably wait and see you know unless you're in a deep league i wouldn't i wouldn't be jumping to play amari cooper because we, we know what jacoby Brissett is we know he's not very good and cooper's you never know what you're going to get with him and carolina's got a pretty good pass defense so no, I'd, I'd try to avoid cooper if possible what about um Lamar Jackson is he he has said that tomorrow is the deadline um for his contract extension talks which I don't know how they're going to do that by tomorrow do you think there's any chance he doesn't play Sunday No no there's no way he doesn't play he's he's going to play regardless he's going to play in have a chip on his shoulder to get a new contract or he's going to have the contract and be cool. I just, I don't think there's any way he sits out. And even if he would, for some reason, Tyler Huntley is a very good backup, but I just, no, there's, there's no way he's playing. He's going to play. And I think he's going to have a really big game to show people what he's made of. You know, running games a little beat up. So he's probably going to have to throw a little more than usual. So I'd say fire up Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman. And Lamar Jackson. Oh, definitely. The Jets. I mean, the Jets are still very much a work in progress. That's my lock of the week as far as as far as betting against the spread. I don't see the Jets coming anywhere close in that one with Joe Flacco. 
All right. Speaking of quarterbacks, not so much him, but what's around him. Uh, there's some talk that Alan Lazard or a report that he didn't practice yesterday, an ankle injury. And we all saw what happened with the Packers in the opener last year, and they probably have more question marks this year than last year because, you know, he don't really have any, any experienced receivers. And his only one that's well, I guess Randall Cobb's an experienced receiver, but he's kind of washed up or on, very much on the downside of his career. So if Lazar doesn't play or if he's not 100%, is Aaron Rodgers a good play? Yeah, I don't I don't really like Aaron Rodgers. I think they're going to be running the ball more. And they, their defense is good there. They're going to be running. Where I, just, I think they're going to want to try to kind of like Cleveland. I uh, say, like, you know, I like the running backs, but – I mean, obviously Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback, but I just don't see him putting up his usual numbers this year. So I would, yeah, I mean, being that he's on the road, you know, I would, I would tend to avoid him if possible. You know, if he, I mean, he's, if you got to play him, play him if you're in a deeper league. But if you've got another option like Kirk Cousins, let's say against him, I think could possibly outperform him or like a Derek Carr, or Trey Lance, you know, one of those trendy backup options. They, they, I think they could easily outperform Rodgers. I just, without Devontae Adams and probably no Lazard either, they just, he's just not going to have enough trustworthy weapons. So I know you are a big Trey Lance guy, and I'm a lot more skeptical about him. Like, if tra- if you are seriously considering playing Trey Lance in fantasy, do, do you give the green light to, 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 to the Trey Lance? Like, I'm sure you've drafted him in multiple leagues. Are you playing that cat right off the bat? Oh, uh, well, probably not, honestly, because he's, you know, he's at Chicago, which is never a friendly place for quarterback. So that would be one to wear. Like, if I have him in Rodgers, I'd honestly probably just stick with Rodgers for week one. I think down the road, Lance would outdo him. But, yeah, it's, it's not the best matchup, like you say. It could be one of those muddy games, like just very just not uh, not very fantasy-friendly. And then Kittle, George Kittle's banged up. He might not go, so that hurts him as far as possibly being down a great weapon. So, yeah, I'm not uh, – be patient with Lance, y'all. Don't expect him to light it up like this week, but he, he'll get there. Now, on the flip side, tonight's game should be a great fantasy game. Now, on paper, the Bills and the Rams have very good defenses, but am I misreading this, or do you kind of think this is going to be a a very offensive game tonight? I think it'll be, like, the total's around 51 and a half, I think. I think it'll be around the total. I don't see it being an extreme shootout like last year, but also definitely don't see it being a defensive struggle, even though both teams have pretty good defenses you know i think josh allen's gonna have a huge game stafford though i'm kind of tempering expectations as he was bad on the elbow in the night as his off season he's uh, without van jefferson one of his key weapons i know he'll still have cooper cup which a lot of weeks that would be all he needs but against the bills you're gonna need more than just cup you're gonna need all the firepower possible so that uh, just i just don't see the rams i know the Everyone's on the Bills, and you know I am too. But it's you know it's a little scary to go against the defending champions like that, being there at home. But have I they ever lost? Oh. How many times have they lost? They ain't lost much. The defending champion in this Thursday game. Oh yeah, oh, the, the Patriots did that year against the Chiefs, the Kareem Hunt game to open the season. But it doesn't happen very often. 
Yeah, I say I know that's the exception, not the norm, but I mean it is possible, and I think tonight's going to be one of those nights. I hope it's going to be one of those nights. Let's put it that way. All right. So in the opener, you know, we all love, you know, not everyone, but a lot of fantasy guys like picking the hot shot rookies, you know, on their fantasy team to, you know, and I've done it to say that you guessed right and I picked this rookie and it turns out great. Um, are you playing, if you drafted a rookie that you're pretty comfortable with, do you play him in the first game or do you wait? Like, which rookies do you trust right off the bat to play week one? Yeah, there's not many. This this year's rookie class, kind of weak, honestly. Not a whole lot of impressive rookies. I mean, the only one I'd probably say to play would be Brees Hall, but even him, I mean, the Ravens have a really good run defense. I wouldn't be all thrilled to run Brees Hall out there. If I've got other options, I'd consider him. Same with Damian Pierce. He's got kind of a tough matchup against the Colts, and those are the top two rookie running backs. I'm not too thrilled about either of them. Honestly, the one that might be a good, especially with Michael Thomas still a little banged up, would be Chris Olave. I think he's the, the go-to of the rookie receivers. Being that the Falcons and Drake London banged up, all these rookies are just they're just not a good start for the rookies. But so far, it's, I know Olave's listed down on the depth chart, but I think that that's just silliness. I think that's just them not wanting to show their cards or whatever with the depth chart. But uh, now Christian I think Watson to play out of the rookies. Christian Watson practiced yesterday. You don't think he's ready? No, actually, that's another Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs is another rookie I like this week. I think he's going to do really well because, if, if, especially if Lazard doesn't go. And then Watson, I just see Dobbs is the one that's had the time to get reps with Rodgers. I think Rodgers will definitely trust Dobbs over Watson, at least to start out. Now, do you buy this Pacheco cat I keep hearing about? You know, I, you know, that my problem with him is. They they raved about Clyde Edwards Hilaire and I fell for that garbage and he was he's been awful and so I'm supposed <laughs> to believe this cat Pacheco's gonna be good. I'm I talking possible, but I, I wouldn't trust him to start because Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I mean, I was a first round draft pick with him and that's just gonna kick him to the curb. You know, if he stinks, then maybe. But to start the season, he's still gonna be the starting running back. So yeah, but keep Pacheco just stashed on the bench and maybe in a few weeks from now he'll be the starter. Now, the other matchup that, man, if I have a fantasy, another couple, if I have a fantasy player in this thing, I I think I got to play him. One of them is the Chiefs and the Cardinals. Now, I understand the Chiefs don't have Tyreek anymore, but it seems like they're going to be really out to prove that – you know, really out to prove that they're going to be okay without him. And the Cardinals almost always seem to get off to good starts offensively. So is there anybody among the starters that you wouldn't play in that matchup? Hmm, the only ones, as far as, you know, uh, I mean, that's up to say. I mean, yeah, definitely got to play the quarterbacks. You know, they're going to be going back and forth. Got to play the tight ends. Got to play the most of the receivers. You know, the only ones I wouldn't play would be – there's not really. I mean, I guess you know I wouldn't play the rookie Sky more, and then I probably, I honestly, probably wouldn't play any of the Chiefs receivers outside of Juju because you don't know which ones are going to go off. I'd say Valdez Scantling's too unpredictable. Hardman's too unpredictable. Then for the Cardinals, I'd probably stay away from Rondale Moore and AJ Green too because I think they're both going to be volatile. So I'd say play Juju, play Hollywood Brown, play Ertz, play Kelsey. 
play Connor and I guess play CEH, but outside of the top guys at each spot, there's the rest are just, I'd say, too too unpredictable unless you're in a super deep league. All right, so why are you sold on Juju? So I feel like he's going to be the one that's going to actually get a stable target share over there. The rest of them, I think, are more of those deep threats that are just going to hit some weeks, miss other weeks, where Juju's not just a deep threat. He'll get those. I think he's got a floor of like five or six targets to where he should, even in his down week, get at least a few points. So when MVS has a bad week, he gets like a, a donut a lot of times. All right. Another game that I think it could be like that is the Raiders and the Chargers. Yeah. High scoring? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, fire up Derek Carr, fire up Herbert, fire up Eckler, fire up Jacobs, Adams and Renfro, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, Darren Waller if he plays. Yeah, there's a lot to like in that matchup. That might be the most. I don't know what the over-under is on that, but that seems like that's got over, you know, overwritten all over it. And, and, and um, what about Tampa and the Cowboys? You know, Tampa's had, you know, offensive line issues. The Cowboys have had offensive line issues early. The Cowboys lost. You know, last year they probably had the be- deepest receiving core in the league. They start this year without Gallup, you know, one of the least deep wide receiving cores. And, you know, I wonder if how much is CeeDee Lamb going to do early when they have no other receivers on the team? Right, yeah, this is one that, yeah, that's got underwritten all over because both offenses are banged up. I don't really see. I mean, to me, you still got to, for fantasy, you probably still got to play Brady and Dak Prescott, but I wouldn't be too thrilled about it. I'd maybe look for, I'd maybe, if you got Derek Carr as a backup, maybe pivot to that because, it, I mean, I don't see either quarterback in that Bucks cowboys matchup going off. I mean, you obviously got to play CD and you got to play Mike Evans. And you got to play Fournette and Zeke. But outside of that, there's not really anything. Oh, yeah, Dalton Schultz for Dallas being at the receiving core is very thin. So, I mean, there's a few names that you got to play. But outside of those, like, must starts, it's kind of like Godwin. We don't know how he's going to be. Coming off injury, Gallup, we don't know how he's going to be. And Julio Jones, is there going to be enough for him? Man, against Tampa, you playing Zeke against Tampa? I mean, you kind of have to. I, I didn't draft Zeke in any league, so I don't have that problem. But I feel like if he if he's been like what is that? Some people spend what a third round pick on Zeke. I mean, you kind of just have to play, and you got to just bite the bullet. But I, I hope y'all listened and didn't draft Zeke because I don't see Zeke doing very well. All right, one more uh, game: the Eagles and the Lions. Do you think the Lions are going to be a surprise team like a lot of like some people are saying? I don't know about a lot and. And it seemed like the Eagles are coming into this season with a full head of steam. I could see that being having some points. Yeah, it could. You know, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard should all do well there. And on the Lions side, I mean, golf, you can't really trust him. But, you know, DeAndre Swift should do well, T.J. Hawkinson and Amon Ross St. Brown. But they've got a good amount of weapons there. So where they should, even if they get down early, they should be able to keep up and, you know, get the late garbage times kind of stats to where they'll they'll, they'll put up numbers. But yes, yeah, is um, this should be the Eagles' time to shine. You know, Jalen Hurts has you know he's got a lot of people that like him, but also a lot of doubters. So 
you know, it'd be a good time to silence the doubters against a suspect Detroit defense. So is there a best play this week that I haven't touched on yet? Like for fantasy? Yeah, a fantasy, like a matchup you really like, a, you know, any position that, that, that you really are high on that we haven't discussed yet. Hmm, let's see. Yeah, I think in the uh, I think we went over most of them. You know, I kind of like you know Chase Young. I believe Chase Young is not playing for the Commanders. I'm thinking that Jacksonville is going to do better than a lot of people are thinking. I like Trevor Lawrence a lot to uh, to have, do pretty well there. You know, especially in for those in DFS looking for a cheap quarterback option. And I guess the other one would be I think Russell Wilson should do pretty well in his return to Seattle where I think he'll be a good play along with Javante Williams, Jerry Judy, and Cortland Sutton. So you have never wavered on Trevor Lawrence. It's going to be very interesting to watch him this season. Oh, yeah, I've been very consistent with that. I, I like what I see from him. I know last year he stunk, but I'm, 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 I'm thinking he bounces back in a big way this year, hopefully. But if he hopefully has he a medi- – Because I got a lot of him in ATN. So. Right. So if he has a mediocre season, what does that mean? Uh, I mean, it would to me it would tell me that he's uh, mediocre. I mean, I wouldn't still, I still wouldn't give up on him, but I will be disappointed. I, I'm hoping for, I'm not expecting elite, but I'm hoping for at least above average, considering he's in in a much better situation with the coaching staff and his weapons. Though still not the best, so I wouldn't. I'm not saying he's gonna be top ten, but I definitely see him being in the top half of quarterbacks this year. All right. Well, we'll see how the week one goes. Appreciate it very much. Take care, Guru. Yep, you too, Kevin. All right. No, it'll be interesting. I, I think I think there's I think it's a lot of just blah matchups that don't seem good for fantasy um, for a lot of the players. But then there's some really good ones that I think are, could be really high scoring. So I, you know, in in baseball, we tend to say the pitchers are ahead of the offense. I don't know that the defenses are going to be ahead of the offense, but I think some of these offenses have so many question marks. Marks that the defenses, some of these defenses are going to look better than they actually are because of just the dysfunction of the offense. But got to play the game. That's why they say it. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Camara bobbles it at the 20. He reels it in and he's got the ball. What a catch by Camara. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. And you're home for the NFL. Welcome back. To footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. If you have a good argument, a convincing argument, no, can't guarantee that it's going to convince me, but if you are passionate about your AFC Super Bowl pick or your NFC one as well, um, Got this segment and short maybe the next segment or at least this segment to call and try to convince me. Um, in the AFC, to refresh your memory in case you are, if you did, 
didn't listen yesterday when I went over this. I picked the Bills, the Ravens, the Colts, and the Chargers. And again, I looked in the mirror and said, are you really, really going to trust the Chargers? You know they have beautiful uniforms. You know you like their quarterback. You know there's a lot to like about them. But you also know that the Chargers always mess it up. They always – they're like the Murphy's Law team in the NFL. Always mess it up. But I'm trusting them anyway. I don't know why, but I am. All right, so that was all my picks. So my playoff picks – not picking the three wild card teams, not as easy in the AFC as they were in the NFC. Uh, the Chiefs are the first one. Chiefs, I think, will make the playoffs. So I got them because I almost picked them to win the division, but I didn't. Um, the other two, muy difficile, very difficult. I, I just don't like the Titans. I just couldn't pull the trigger on the Titans. And so... I'm going to go, um, I think the depth of the AFC West is going to work against it. I think it's easier to make the playoffs if you have four to five wins in your division. And so um, I'm picking the Steelers and the Dolphins. Not popular picks, but I'm going to pick those as my other two wild card picks. In the NFC to refresh your memory, I picked to win the divisions the Eagles, the Packers, the Saints, and the Cheaters. Uh, and so the Rams and the Bucks are easy, easy wild card picks. That, that was not difficult. For me, it came down to the Vikings and the Cowboys for my third wild card selection. Um, and I I decided to go with the Vikings. I'm kind of buying this. Uh, it would not surprise me at all if the Cowboys made the playoffs. I would be surprised if they won the division, though. Um, I I, I kind of buying this Vikings offense is going to be really, really explosive this year. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of buying this. You just never know how many times Mike Zimmer just said, run the football. I mean, you just don't know. But I, I think the Vikings, I, I still don't trust their defense. That's why I haven't um, that's why I haven't picked him to win the division like some. But all right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. What's going on, Kevin? How you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. Just listening to you talk about all your picks and trashing my team, what you love to do. You know, I'm just listening to it all. Just taking all kind of notes and just waiting for the year, the year to unfold. I mean, you're going to have a medicine season. That's just that, yeah. that you got to just expect it. That's not your definition of a medicine season, Kevin. You know, you want to keep on saying that. What is your definition of a medicine A team that hasn't been to the playoffs or hasn't gone far no, in the No, a team that, that, team that, there. The that team, ain't the case with the Rams. Yes, it is. You haven't won the Super Bowl in 20 years. 
Well, it don't matter if they win a championship uh, or, or in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl or whatever. In the last four or five years, they've been in the hunt every year. That does not the, qualify for your that, definition that, of it. That, that, you make a good point, but here's my problem with the Rams. You have to be mentally tough and not buy all the pats in the back and not buy all the how great you are when you go on the circuit. They are the anti that. You have a punk as a head coach. And you, you're in La La Land. You're in Hollywood. There's no way to, to be mentally tough, like Bill Belichick, mentally tough. When you're in Hollywood, you have to play into the Hollywood. So I don't, I don't, I don't think it's gonna happen. Guess we're gonna find out, Kevin. You know, you remember you were talking about when you lost uh, Garner, uh, how it's gonna affect your tackling uh, in the secondary. Yeah. And Kevin, it will, because I don't know if you ever. Followed the Honey Badger's career. Let me tell you something. You think Deion Sanders made business decisions when somebody's coming? Boy, he makes a lot of business decisions. I think during the season, instead of calling the Honey Badger, when you're going to see his tackling, you're going to call him, Honey, I'm, honey, I'm coming home instead of Honey Badger because he ain't going to be worried about tackling nobody. Well, I hope he can that. force some turnovers. Uh, I mean, I, I, I hear what you're saying. That very well may, very well may be true. I just. I just hope he can force some turnovers. Because Marcus Williams had some of those kind of situ- scenarios as well. Right. You know, I mean, tackling in the secondary is a big, uh, you know, it's a big part of the defense. Very big part of the defense. You know, that's why I think I got one of the best tackling. Uh, you know, I ever talk about Jalen Ramsey being a cover, but what I like about him, he sticks his nose in there and goes to tackle. But Kevin, look, uh, going back to your predictions, I'm going to give you a, a sleeper to win, but to go to the Super Bowl and win. Okay. The Baltimore Ravens. Oh, that no, they're on my consideration. Yeah. organization they that are. was down last year. They got, a, they got uh, abused. Everybody just criticizing them. They got a quarterback that's going to be out. Just really, really go ahead and make a mark this year, you know, uh, with his contract. Yeah, everybody, baby, very, very, the Baltimore Ravens, they're going to be very good this year. Well, not surprise me at all. I picked him to win the division. I, 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 I agree with you. I appreciate the call, sir. Thank you. All right. Let's get one more call in. Maybe he can help me out here on the game hotline. Hello. Hello. Hey. Go ahead, sir. Hello. Go ahead. I don't know what's going on. Lost connection somehow. Um. All right, let's do this. Uh, look, I, the Ravens again. The, my only issue, I picked them to win the division, and I think they will. My only issue is, it doesn't mean they can't make the Super Bowl, but they just haven't had a lot of playoff success. I just wonder if the Ravens. Or like the, I'm worried the Astros are going to be, and like the Braves were in the 90s on the baseball side, where they do enough defensively pitching slash pitching wise to to over the long haul. But in a one game situation, do they have the offense that it takes, or the kind of offense that it takes to to beat a Bills team or a Chiefs team in a, in, a, in a playoff game? Can they do that? Or a Chargers team? I, I don't know. I don't know if I can pull the trigger on them, but they're certainly on the short list to to consider. 
We'll take a timeout, come back, finish out today's show. I have to make my pick on the other side on the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to remind you to join the game clubhouse, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. Could win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse, a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. Any of these great prizes you can't win if you don't join the clubhouse. So do so today. It's free. It's easy. Sign up today by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. All right. During the break, like, can I pull the trigger on the Chargers? I just – I pulled the trigger on them to win the division, but I just I just can't pull the trigger on them to go to the Super Bowl. Could I pull the trigger on the Colts? Uh, it was – I think they're going to win their division. I just don't think they'll go to the Super Bowl. So it's down to the Ravens or the Bills. I, I just – I, I I want the Bills. I, I can tell you that right now. If I'm speaking totally with my heart, I'm I'm all for the Bills going to the Super Bowl. The Bills have probably done, if they've done anything to the Saints over the years, I, I can't even hardly remember it. So I, I think the Bills have cheated the Saints less than any team in the NFL probably. And so I, I don't I don't have any issues with the Bills from a fan heart standpoint. Now, my mind tells me it's a red flag. Too many people are picking them. So, um, man, this is a sickening, sickening. I, I guess I'm gonna have to do it. I, I'll go with FedEx, man. I, I didn't watch when they when these two teams played in the Super Bowl. When was that? Eleven years ago. I didn't even watch a play of it. I watched a, um, I watched a marathon of Crossing Jordan. I used to like that show. That's what I watched instead of the Super Bowl that day. Why you hated that show, Crossing Jordan? <laughs> I uh, I'm gonna go ahead and again. I hope it's the Bills, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Ravens and the Cheaters. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, I hope I hope it's the Saints and the Bills. I don't I don't really want to play Josh. Allen, but I hope it's the Saints and the Bills, but I'm going to say Ravens and the Cheaters. Two running running football teams. I think that would be hilarious. Of course, I hope it's the Saints and the Bills, but we'll see how that plays out. It's going to be interesting. Hopefully the Bills win tonight. Got to get as many losses by NFC teams as possible. So let's hope that that happens. Should be lots of fun. We'll, we'll talk about that and more about Saints-Falcons tomorrow. Y'all have a nice day.